Pushkin. The most innovative companies are going further with T-Mobile for Business. The PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with AI coaching tools and 5G-connected cameras. AAA is getting more drivers back on the road fast with location telematics. And the Las Vegas Grand Prix is powering race day operations with 5G connectivity, giving fans an experience at the speed they deserve. This is Accelerating Innovation with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at tmobile.com slash now. Did you know some travel credit cards offer 10 times points on your spending? Don't miss out on big rewards for your next trip. NerdWallet lets you compare smart travel credit cards side by side, curated by an expert team of finance nerds. What could future you do with better travel rewards? A free flight? A room upgrade? Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. What if AI could help your business deliver mission-critical outcomes with speed? With IBM Consulting, your business can design, build, and scale trusted AI using Watson X and modernize the way you work to accelerate real impact. Let's create AI that transforms your business. Learn more at ibm.com consulting. IBM. Let's create. So I think eventually, like, either you work very, very hard on it, or it just eventually you finally just something clicks into place and you're less hard on yourself. Like, I used to, like, be so hard on myself, like, I should paint, I should do this, I should do that, and then I'll paint. I shouldn't be painting, I should be writing, I shouldn't be writing, I should be, now I'm neglecting my kids. And it, like, it used to be so neurotic and I could never, now I can kind of, like, make the decision and get with it. That was Ioni Sky. I'm Sam Fragoso, and this is Talk Easy. Welcome to the show. start with something obvious, but bear with me. I was 16, into movies, sexless, and watching Say Anything with my parents. So mostly, I was a cliche. And like anyone who watched that movie in their teens, whether it was in theaters or on cassette or on DVD, you probably fell in love with one of the two leads. Maybe you fell in love with both of them. I think that's what happened to me. And when I think about a teenage version of myself interviewing Ioni Sky, I don't really know how to even process that. And, and honestly, when I went over to her house um, a couple weeks ago to do this, <laughs> it was as nervous of a drive over there um, as I have had. I can't really explain it. It's something about a younger version of yourself, or rather... It's something about youthful ideas colliding with 
um, reality that I think makes something like interviewing someone uh, you deeply admired and was interested in at an early age kind of daunting and terrifying. But through the years, I've liked her in so many different things, aside from Say Anything, like uh, River's Edge, Gun Crazy, The Rochelle Papers, One Night Stand. She's even good in Fever Pitch. I don't like Jimmy Fallon, but she's good in Fever Pitch. The point is, she's an icon, and uh, she is most recently in the new HBO show from the folks who made Girls. It is called Camping. It premieres October 14th. And uh, here's a bit from the trailer. Hi, checking in for board night. It's Walt's 45th birthday soiree. Yeah. This is going to be so fun. You know what? It may not be fun. It may not be any fun at all. This place has its own magic. I think you're going to love it. Okay. It's not nice. If you look through the backlog of 2018 from this show, you'll notice that we have done a lot of interviews with actors, and I have found that the conversation uh, either is about process and the art of acting and, and career-oriented, or it's about everything else. It seems like it's rarely a blend of the two, and this episode was no different. We talked about her work in film and television, of course, but it ended up being far more personal and, and family-oriented than I anticipated. It kind of just went wherever it was supposed to go. So I know my father is incredibly excited about this episode. I think he has not been more excited about an episode so far. I think maybe Rob Reiner was up there. Um, Alan Alda was up there. But uh, Ioni Sky was a crush that he had. He saw Say Anything a bunch in the theaters when it came out um, in the late 80s. So this one's for my dad, and uh, mostly it's for everyone else listening wherever you are. So finally, here is Ioni Sky. Your parents were separated before you were born. Yeah. This is essentially true for me. I think they were together for three months. Right. Yeah. Wow. Um, I, ha- I have to ask you, because it's something yeah. I've thought about a lot in my own life. What is your earliest memory of realizing that they are not together? Well, you know, I actually, I met my father when I was like 18. So he wasn't, was yours around? Yeah, he was okay. around. Well, my mother was really good about hiding a lot of things <laughs> or really bad because she hid a lot of things but for some reason she was very open about that mm. with my father she just she didn't hide that so at a very young age I kind of knew he wasn't around and then knew they weren't together and I have half sisters that my father had after me and for example they never knew my brother and I existed until they saw a picture of us at our mutual grandparents' house, mm. my Scottish grandparents, and said, who are these kids? And they said, that's your brother and sister. And they were like, teenagers, like, what? So my mother, so I sort of always knew. It was like, but you didn't, it seems like. 
No, I, I, I. The thing is, my dad was very much part of the yeah. That equation. would have been, that might have been different. Yeah, my dad was like a. Also, he was famous, so it was kind of weird because I had albums and I right. knew he was this. So that really did my head in, and my brothers, I think. Did you find it disorienting as a kid? Yeah, it was. Uh, it was strange. I mean, I we my grandparents, his parents, I we saw them a little bit, and it was just like this phantom, this you know man, and he was sort of a, you know, he was a fig, a pretty big figure, yeah. and my and he devastated my mother. Yeah. So I think, and his music was so beautiful. It was kind of confusing, right? In many ways. That's what I was. I was driving over, and I thought. That must have been really strange to have someone who put out music that is, I think, you know, you do a poll of 100 people and they'd be like, that's really nice. Yeah. And then to have something that is not particularly nice. Yeah. How did you get through that as a a high schooler? I mean, I was very, uh, I mean, the problematic side, which I'm still have, is this desire to be validated in a love way you know like i have i have i definitely get fixated with older powerful men or father figure types like i'll um have a longing you know that's kind of bigger than maybe if someone had a great relationship with their father right so my, so I definitely had that way. Like I, I sort of, sort of had a boyfriend probably too early, and I didn't really want it. But I know I had it. It was sort of driven by like, I need, you know, I need like a, that hole, you know. When when you're a teenager, is that need conscious? I mean, I was sort of self. I was a little self aware. Like yeah. I was fourteen and. I was sort of like, a, I was a very like progressive, my mom was very liberal and I'm going to this like Immaculate Heart, this sort of all girls school and I sort of make a, I, I, I see the most popular girls and I become friends with them and ditch my alternative friends and they say, oh, Sean Doheny is the richest, most popular boy at the brother school and we went to a football game. It sounds like it's from the 1950s, it but really I does. like made a beeline for him and you know, I, yeah. No, so this I feels sort of, like some sort of high school Greek tragedy type of, of type of thing. Well, it was sort of sad because my friends were really great and cool, uh, but yeah, and these girls were literally the group was called the Amys. It was like Amy and Amy <laughs> and April, like from the movie The Heather's, and I and that it was really you know, if I could get it together, I'll write about it or do a teen you know little teen story about it. But it's kind of pay, it's sort of painful, but. So I think, and I knew, like, when I ditched my cool friends, Mm. I thought, this is not cool. And I was sort of, I started, probably at 14, noticing I was having traits and, you know, behaving in a way that was, I I took note, like, consciously. Right. And also, being with somebody, you know, having a boyfriend so young, like, I sort of was like, this is a little, I kind of knew it was a little unhealthy. Mm. It is interesting to track when um, we become self-aware. Yeah. I think it happens somewhere between 12 and like 17. Yeah, exactly. Which is a pretty wide spectrum. Yeah, 12 I was still um, 
kind of playing with dolls and starting, you know, I was sort <laughs> of still like uh, in the clouds. What were you like as a as a teenager besides making a beeline for? I was always very kind of not well, sort of spacey and I I don't know, very loving, but kind of hard to reach a little and kind of flaky and a little out of it. Very insecure about my school work, actually, like you know, not oh academia ac- academia. Because my mother was sort of, I was, she was kind of on and off single mother, or had I had a couple stepfathers, but uh, yeah, I was sort of confident in, uh, like I thought I was pretty, I guess, but not like the girls. There was a certain type of girl that mm-hmm. I knew I wasn't, but I still felt like I could kind of get anyone I wanted. But I still felt like I wasn't like those girls that were like these perfect whatever blonde, but whatever the, that look, that thing is. But uh, yeah, I was kind of I was very creative drawing in my room and I loved movies and old movies. And I read like so much that my mom like hid books so <laughs> I could help her like clean the house or whatever. <laughs> um, yeah, it was kind of like always in my room, just creative, creative, very, very creative, but Did- not secure like very insecure yeah Uh, that part seems i think for people listening they'll be like how is that possible that she felt insecure at that at that age i just felt it wasn't like i thought i was dumb but i didn't do well in school and i was uh, socially i felt pretty confident like i like i became best friends with the most popular girl in school like i knew i could do like socially i wasn't i didn't have social anxiety Hmm. but i was insecure um uh, like with maybe putting my i wouldn't have wanted to perform like on a stage or perform or in school i just felt yeah i mean not dumb because i knew i had a good mind but just academically i was quite insecure i get it yeah was there a sense at that age of what you wanted to do after high school Oh, God, I don't think so. I really don't think so. I was, I mean, I loved, yeah, like I, like I said, I liked dancing and I liked like watching movies and drawing, but I didn't think, I don't know if people asked me or nowadays I think everyone's out. And I guess people have always right. said to kids, what do you want to be when you grow up? Right. Like I just didn't. Well, you have two kids now in that age yeah, group, right? Right. And the, yeah, exactly. I, uh, ma- I imagine that's a conversation. Yeah, Sure. Absolutely. Yeah, I think uh, like my mother was, you know, she grew up, she became sort of a model, but she sort of didn't, she had a restaurant at one point at the improv here. Really? Because she was friends with Bud Friedman um, from New York. And she had a great, like she made her life very interesting. Mm. And she grew up with, uh, you know, a lower middle class Jewish family in New York. My grandfather was a cab driver, you know, very not wealthy, not educated, but smart, interesting, you know, he, he was interesting, whatever. So she, but she really kind of, she wasn't like a full on hippie hippie, but she had a kind of interesting life, but she didn't finish high school. She modeled in Paris a little, she lived here. Anyway, my point is I didn't have like, uh, someone saying, let's get you not that parents do it when you're a kid. Let's get you on a track of this mm. is what you're going to be. But I think her example must have been in my mind that you just kind of figure it out. Right. And she believed that you'd figure it out. I guess so. My brother was more born like he was He was just born like not hustling, but he <laughs> he's outgoing and he's done well. You know, he wanted to be an actor. He got himself an agent. He did, He's like very like 
out right. there proactive. And you? I was just bumbling around, I guess. It may, You do make it sound like you just stumbled into I success. I did. I mean, my mother also, I guess, she just like sort of, my first stepfather, she married kind of because he could sort of like support her. She didn't really love him. And it was a hard time because she didn't love him. And But he just offered like, I'll take care of you and your kids type of thing. Which is a whole other really like yeah. crazy I've had a couple of those. 70s story. Yeah. Um, it's weird with the um, stepfathers. I've, I've had yeah. a couple myself. Yeah. Which is something we also have in common. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, nothing too crazy. <laughs> Did you, my brother found it way harder. I mean, nothing too crazy. Like, thank God there was no like abuse. But my first stepfather was like a drug smuggler. Right. Like big time. Right. Like that was kind of, when I saw that movie... Well, the ice storm. Oh, I was like, or blow. I think because it was in Connecticut. We lived in Connecticut mm. at the time, in like a nice house in Richfield, Connecticut. But he would, you know. Meanwhile, he was like. So he would come home, and he would be like. Well, there was trips to Jamaica. Right. And like it was like. Would you go on those? Yeah, I did. And the, but that was kind of <laughs> great because it was in the seventies, and we were like in. Like right. we weren't like tourists. <laughs> it was kind of. But it wasn't. Maybe it was dangerous. I'm going to say. Basically, my mother's like, I yeah. don't want to talk about that time. But um, it was probably dangerous. It was probably dangerous, but um, we made it through. And now my mother's married to a great, solid man. But uh, my brother found it harder to bond with my stepfathers because mm-hmm. he had known my father a little bit as a kid. And also, he's a boy. Did you find it hard to. Yeah, well, my dad was very much part of the picture. And the stepfathers were very much stepfathers. Right, got but, it. But I, I didn't have, you know, what happens is that it's okay in the beginning. Yeah. It gets better towards the middle. And by the time it's at the end, you probably like the person enough, but it's over. And you, yes. And you have to discard them. Yes. In some way. Yes. Um, and that's tricky. Yeah. That's tricky, especially when you're, you know, your brain is not even remotely developed yeah and And you're like so kind of well for me i love people and i get very attached (sighs) but i also could see why Mm. my mother was you know ending these two yeah relationships one's one was a drug smuggler so that seems that was it and then the second was just (laughs) you know wasn't working out but it wasn't anything terrible but it was just as your mother pulls away you usually follow with your mom you have to yeah otherwise you're not being uh faithful yes exactly and my mom was very my mom's got a very like in yiddish they say macha which is like a like she's almost like she's not like a mafia she's like the sweetest most gentle wonderful kind woman in the world but she's got a kind of like she grew up in the bronx she has this very like you know that's done yeah it's (laughs) over yeah finished yeah did you find it you know, once high school ends and you have to sort of map out a path for your life, whatever that's going to look like. Did you find that period between high school and then eventually acting to be scary or confusing? Well, I was in a such a kind of a bad place when I got my first act. I was 15. We had, we, I was at Immaculate Heart, which was this private school. And I liked that because I felt 
cared I felt it was good for me who wasn't you know I needed that extra care that a private school had that one and whatever anyway so we went to Hollywood I went to Hollywood High because my mother couldn't afford Immaculate Heart any longer. Mm. so I was in this gigantic school I know this school oh you do I play basketball there every uh, Sunday oh <laughs> I mean the facilities are probably great yeah I mean I don't know what it's like to be a student there right crazy so seems huge it's so big there was like 415 dialects or something but uh so i was really like kind of lost and then i auditioned for river's edge and that was the first movie i was in so i was already kind of you know it's just getting a little depressing like i was hanging out with what do you mean getting depressing well my mother was like divorcing the second stepfather i was in hollywood high i wasn't you know, doing well. My mom wasn't in a great space. And, you know, I just, like the kids I hung out with, I was doing dance in the magnet program a little, but I I don't know, the kids were starting to walk around on Hollywood Boulevard, like just Mm. skipping school. And it just, that felt terrible to me. Like, even though we just did it like once, I think, (laughs) I went to a coffee shop. I felt like that awful feeling of like, if when you smoke pot and watch, you know, the uh, uh, Pink Floyd movie and you're just like, uh, I'm, I'm a loser. This isn't my life. Like I, I would have that kind of, you know, like just what am I doing with my life? A sort of a allergic reaction. Yeah. Just kind of like this is not it wasn't fun. And then just sitting on the school steps like, oh, something take me away. So that kind of motivated me to work hard on that audition. Mm-hmm. I didn't have an agent. I just, my brother kind of pulled me in on these, this audition because they were really looking all over for teens. I haven't seen that movie in a long, is that with Keanu Reeves? Y- yes. Right. What, what happens on that first set of yours? I thought I'd be offered like cocaine or something <laughs> like right away, but uh, it was great. I mean, I was, again, I was like really insecure about my talents. That's the thing. Like I was very insecure about what I could, I didn't have a lot of, reinforcement not to put any of my teachers or my mother down or anything but I didn't really I was a shy kid so I didn't have a lot of opportunities for like wow you're really here and there you're good at that or you're good at drawing or this or that but anyway so I was kind of racked with like insecurity but it was really fun and uh I mean you know Crispin Glover was the whole the group it was a great atmosphere it was a great I I loved um David Lynch and the DP Fred Elms. I had already he was she shot River's Edge and I'd just seen Blue Velvet. And mm. I, so that was my type of movie anyway. So I was like and and uh, Dennis Hopper. I you know I loved Dennis Hopper already. Like I so I was very 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 pleased. Yeah. Did you find that you know by the end of that set by the end of filming that this is something you could do? Feasibly? I mean, I, so, I loved it, but I kind of thought I might be like, it might just be like a one-off because I wasn't like, I want to be an actor, you know, but uh, I got an agent. I remember being at one of the screenings and like getting approached and like, oh, I guess, I guess I'll get an agent, you know, and then it was really the opportunities. It was sort of good that I had a lot to leave, <laughs> I guess. Right. Like I remember hearing Madonna say similarly at one point, like she, she wanted to kind of make a better life for herself. Right. And I, not that it was so bad because my childhood actually was kind of a ama- wonderful for the most part, really like 
a wonderful house with wonderful, amazing people in and out. It was a very lively, wonderful childhood. Um, in any case, I like to. So the second job I got was in France. It was a huge mini series for ABC, like a period piece. I love period pieces. So it was more like it wasn't so much I have a fire to act where I have that now. Now I much more as I got older, it was like I love acting. Right. It was often I got to get out of this. How can I? How, how can oh, I, leave I can home? go to France, you right. know, like and not yeah. Just how can I like make a better life for myself? Something different. Yeah. And then you found it. Yeah. I think the way you describe it, it's tricky, right? Because so many people, and I'm sure you remember this in high school, but a lot of people want to act. Right. Or there's like a thousand. You yeah. like throw a baseball and you'll hit an actor down the street. Yeah. And uh, that's not the right analogy, but you know what I mean. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of folks right. who want to do this. Yeah. And I, I sometimes, when I'm hearing you say this, I wonder, do you think it worked out for you in those early years because you didn't want it that badly? I mean, I was really unaware of all the actors, and also I was a little embarrassed of it. Like, I remember going to auditions, like, hiding my script, like, on the street. <laughs> Why? Like, I don't know. I just thought it looked desperate, or I don't know. So I, but I think it ended up hurting me a little bit that I, it's not that I, yeah, I didn't, I, I guess maybe it helps, but I've heard that. But for me, I think it hurt me a little because it would stop me from trying hard. And that often I lost, I got, I like lost a lot of jobs because I just didn't try hard enough because I was mm. either afraid to hear, you know, like I was throwing the race because I didn't want to he- fail. Yeah, you didn't want to hear no. Yeah. Or I was just like afraid to not be cool or something. I was young, you know, so young. So, but certain jobs I would like snap to. Like this last job that I just did, I really was like getting literally snapping yeah. <laughs> I was getting into it yeah this is talking about camping I'm talking about camping yes mm-hmm. um, did you feel that way when you read the sides for say anything well yeah again I knew what it was like I knew Jim Brooks was producing and he had done I guess I'd seen broadcast news or I don't know what I'd seen of Jim Brooks but I loved him yeah and I, I love that it was, movie so much right one, one of the, I think one of the best I think it's in my top <sighs> 20 it's just got a, such a good feeling. It really, uh, we can go on a whole tangent about this one. Broadcast news. <laughs> it, it, uh, I watched that, you know, they truly don't make movies like that yeah, anymore. That feeling. Well, it's like an adult yeah. movie also, but uh, but it's not so self-serious. Right. And but it do, it's not dumbing it down no, or anything. The people are like appropriately mean. Right. But also genuine and yeah. sweet and completely insecure. Yeah. I know. <laughs> it's so great. great. It's so true. I know. Um, I know when you, yeah. Yeah, I, I know. Uh, so, yeah, so that one as well. I, w- I really p- went against, I had to let go of all these in- insecurities and concerns uh. to just go for it, uh, to get, say anything. But I, yeah, I knew I, I worked hard. I did a lot of auditions and Cameron Crowe was like, you've got to bring it a little more, whatever you want to say. I don't say bring it, but you know, he said, yeah. you know, you've got to work a little harder and then let's do this again. And I came back and, you know, 
The movie's become so iconic now that yeah. I'm sure you've talked about it way too many times. But not, not too many. Okay. I just, I'm curious because it's something I was raised on. I think a lot of people oh, were right. raised on this movie. Yeah. And, you know, when you're shooting it, what did you make of the production? What did you make of what was happening? Did it feel like something that was singular or special? Well, Cameron Crowe, like, because he felt it was special, it was infectious. And I think that's part of, I'm noticing when actors or directors or whoever, writers, when they're, like, into it, into the, what they're doing, even musicians, and it's not corny or extra or whatever, that's, you have to be like that, I guess. So he was, he really believed in love and believed in this and didn't I don't know if he I'm sure he had a hard time and felt insecure it was his first movie but it was infectious his you know just caring about it Mm. um and then again I knew like that again I was I guess I love DPs because the DP for that Lazo Kovacs was like had shot you know the last picture show and oh my gosh I mean so many things and uh you know so I knew I was in like excellence and you know of course Cameron Crowe was obsessed with John Cusack and he didn't want to do it and then we wooed him and he finally did it (laughs) because he had done a lot of teen movies and he was burnt out on it Mm. he wanted to just do serious how did you guys woo him we we like literally just like got it hung out with like he came over I was living with uh Anthony Kiedis from the Red Hot Chili Peppers (laughs) And um, I'm you only were. laughing because it was pretty intense. Um, <laughs> and he came, I remember they, he came over, I guess Anthony was on tour, and John Cusick and Cameron Crowe came over, and we like just like just were like, this is going to be great. It's not what you think. Mm. And just telling, you know, I don't know what I said, but I know Cameron was like, I was, you know, maybe, I don't know what I was flirting with him. I don't know what I was doing. <laughs> but um, I don't think I was flirting. But just we were really trying to like get him into it. And then he, he's, he did. He yeah. said, I want to write some of my stuff. And he was allowed to write some of his stuff. Uh, Chicago person. No, I know. I know. A I lot mean, of Chicago people. He, and also he said, I want to bring my friends in. He yeah. brought his friends in a lot of stuff. He's really good like that. Yeah, I know Jeremy Piven. Yeah. And, um, what's her name? Uh, well, his sister, Joan. And then this guy, his nickname was Spoonie G. I just saw him on American Horror Story, I think. Mm. Um, who else? A uh, couple of, yeah, a couple of guys. Mm. Uh, I don't want to skip past this because I know he passed recently, but John Mahoney. Yeah. Um, what do you remember about working with him? He was great. He was like just cheery, um, not, didn't bring a lot of, he was, didn't bring a lot of himself to the set like in a like, Per, super personal way but mm. we would like we both loved like standards like old songs from the 40s and whatever 30s 50s so we would sing them together and he was just like he could he really went for it but he didn't he was almost I think he's originally English and it reminded me of some of the Royal Shakespeare Company actors have worked with maybe it's a theater thing even too mm-hmm. I don't know but just like to be lively and fun and then do your amazing scene Yeah. but there's not a lot of you know bearing your soul or getting really super cozy with people it's just like you know and he was he was great and I appreciated that because Cameron Crowe was very on me to do a good job which was important 
but it was uh, there was like a pressure I was feeling a little bit. Was it too much? I mean, maybe a little, but not like too much. Hmm. I was thinking at this age, how old are you here? 16, 17. And say anything? Yeah. <laughs> that throws off my whole. <laughs> 17, let's see. Yeah, I mean, I was definitely, I mean, maybe I turned, maybe I was 17 and I had turned 18. Yeah. But I think I was. Did you feel uh, secure? About your talents at that point? Not at all. I mean, I guess I felt I was natural a little bit. I felt like I had a natural, but no, not a, not at all. And then on top of it, like they 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 reshot a few scenes I did. Like they brought in Jim Brooks, James Brooks. They brought in a coach for me at one point. So that you know, and then I was so in awe, like not in awe of John Cusack, but I just thought he was so good and I wasn't as good and you know, mm. it was a lot of insecurity, Yeah, but I still had a great time. I mean, I still really was loving it. That must be really fascinating and strange at that age to be, you know, cause I think I'm just thinking people at age of 17, they're in high school. They're like going to an algebra class Yeah, and you're uh, working with some people you admire and have watched their stuff. And you're being asked to deliver something that is on par with them. That seems... Yeah. I can't even fathom what, what that must be like. Yeah. I mean, I really wanted to do a good job and feeling like you're not good or being just hard on... Very hard on yourself. That's That was hard. But I also... I guess I felt the responsibility, which I've always felt with movies like... There's a huge responsibility here to do the best you can for the story and, you know, like serve the story or whatever, um, which is something one of my acting teachers talked about, which serve is the story. Yeah, which is cool. You just, you know, if you're doing a play, if you're 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 that's you're telling this story. So you you're playing this thing. And anyway, but I was very uh, hard on myself inside and I just felt terrible in a way. But I also felt like I have to just try my hardest. And, you know, I was very professional. Mm. But, you know. I feel that from you, even in this conversation. Really? 20 plus years removed. Right. That, that 30. Yeah. Yeah. More than 20. There's, <laughs> there's something about your process of, of making movies. and But also being a person where you're very very hard on yourself oh, i know that's really in those very lucid moments in life that's you know in those very like you know i guess sometimes you don't even need acid but you get these revelatory like right. wa wake up like you you vis you know those uh lucid <clears throat> lucid it's often like you don't have to be so hard on yourself I've had the same thing. <laughs> Actually, on a mushroom trip, I've had yeah. this exact same... Yeah. I come down this path and I find... But I, I'm almost frustrated that I keep coming back to this same I revelation. But I do think <laughs> it gets... I do think it's like there. there's... Uh, Are you telling I, me it gets better? No, I, I do think you. it can... It, it's not going to just go away in one go. Like yeah. you, you, you comprehend something and then you might have to keep... You know, I don't know, but I do believe that if you apply like a sort of goal, which I still have the same goal to like not be as hard on myself, 
and other goals of you know personal whatever goals like I think eventually because I've noticed other ones I've had and I'm like wow I'm like 90% better mm. so eventually I do think if you keep kind of like keep at it I'm on the prize somehow I don't know what I'm not taking any actions necessarily but I think sometimes just like thinking about it, it starts to loosen up a little. I think you're, so you're 90%. I think I'm like 45, Not with that. 50. Not with the heart on myself one. Oh, okay. Where are you on that? Uh, oh, I, <laughs> I mean, I mean, cause now I'm like, eventually you just get old enough to, too, as well, where you just, what does I that mean? I just, you know, have you heard people say you feel more comfortable in your skin? Yes. So I think eventually like I, either you work very, very hard on it and then or it just eventually you finally just something clicks into place and you're less hard on yourself. But uh, that one, I don't know what percentage, but there's other ones that I've noticed, you know, or, or different parts of that that I've gotten better at. Like I mm. used to like be so hard on myself, like I should paint, I should do this, I should do that, and then I'll paint. I shouldn't be painting, I should be writing. I shouldn't be writing, I should be, now I'm neglecting my kids. And it, like it used to be so neurotic and I can never, right. now I can kind of like pretty much like make the decision and get with it. Did you find that mentality of being, I don't want to say scattered, but you know, hopping from one activity to the next. Did you find that you were like that in your 20s and in the 90s when you're acting more? Yeah, I mean, I I really didn't know what I want. I don't think I really knew what I wanted. I I, I definitely, my work ethic, unless I was doing a movie and Mm -hmm. I knew like today you're doing scene 101 and 102 and you learn the lines and you show, you know, you're driving there, someone's picking up like that's you're like when you're an actor you're kind of like a baby in some ways like you're treated (laughs) and even the crew look at you like you're you know which is makes me just like i cuddle up with the writers and the crew i make a lot of eye contact like i'm a real person like working like you You or whatever you don't have to coddle me entirely but i mean but on the other hand i sort of love that's so fun about being an actor is you get treated preferential treatment yes yes i mean it's still gritty and you're get you so dirty at the end of the day whatever you're filming i don't know why but it's still rough in some ways but you're definitely coddled but uh what is what were you talking about (laughs) in your 20s yeah yeah Yeah. so i was really spacey and i smoked a lot of pot Mm -hmm. and so i was with that i didn't know what i really wanted to do i mean i showed up and did my work and i didn't like smoke pot back then while i was working but i like no, of I course was, not. And I was married to someone in the Beastie Boys. Yes, and I, I heard just, about this. Like, you know, we just rolled around in a posse and it was super fun. So I don't know. I mean, that, I guess that's what I wanted to do when I was doing it. So. What age were you when you guys got married? I was 21. Holy cow. I know. I think I was trying to, again, that sort of escapism. Like, also, I got a TV series in England and I was, he was going on tour a lot. And I was, I used to just go with him on tour a lot. And I think we thought like we better get married right (laughs) but it's like getting the tattoo of someone's name when you get married for that reason of course but we did very love much love each other and we're like best buddies and also in love so it was real but it made sense 21 i was i knew that was so young that i was embarrassed to tell people because i knew you're embarrassed to tell people that i was getting married because i knew you know we both knew like "Mm, 21 this is dicey yeah (laughs) like I know, but has that been hard to juggle 
love and work? Again, I just I need to just push myself to I can get lost easily in like domestic bliss, I guess, or parenting or just mm. like I love my house and I'll just kind of tool around or clean it or whatever. But that's a beautiful thing to get lost in. Is it? Maybe so that's I'm, great. I mean, I think, you know, I have very limited experience, <laughs> but sometimes being with uh, one other person is more enjoyable than leaving the house. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I just do what I do. Yeah, for sure. I just want to make sure I... I'm not trying know. to put down your point here. No, I think you're right. Maybe I'm just, again, being Maybe I'm just trying to be supportive. Myself. I think oh, I'm just trying you. to be... <laughs> thank you. Yeah. It's... it's uh, but on the same, you know, on the other end, something I struggle with, I think, is when I do find someone to truly give them enough time. I think I have the opposite problem of you. It's like I don't, I like often am putting everything else in front of them. Right. I mean, I don't want to s- say it's a man-woman thing. Maybe it's just more a, because um, I resent even when people say that's a masculine quality because I'm like, well, women really get a lot done or whatever, you know, but I mean, I think whatever, if your mentality is like, I have to make this happen mm. and I have to make, you know, or else it won't. I think I kind of rely on, I don't know. I, 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 I think it's, it's case good. by case basis. Though. Yeah, yeah. I think everyone's so different. For sure. And on one hand, it's, yeah, like I always want to kind of, I like directing, so I'm always thinking, what's the next thing I'm going to do? And mm-hmm. But it feels bad the way I'm pushing. So maybe some of my... What feels bad? Just like I'm like, well, what book should I option next? And what, you know, but it feels very tight, you know? So maybe some of my natural playful quality and etherealness I should actually put into that process more. I guess what I'm saying is, like you said, like there's different ways to approach mm. things. And uh, maybe some of the my natural way of being is sort of a gift instead of like I'm, you know, I'm like saying I got to sh- get into shape and right. make sure every day I whatever. It sounds like you're trying to change who you are fundamentally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a brief reading. Yeah. <laughs> but also it seems like who you are fundamentally is is pretty great. Yes, that's the well that's another like going back to a mushroom type of thing is if well I don't know if I've ever had that revelation on mushrooms but of just that you're well I've had it in life when really serious things have happened or really intense moments I get so calm. Yeah. And kind of like deeply calm in a good way and so I think my core I have a very so when I'm you know very anxious or I sometimes think that's not really the real you Mm -hmm. which is sort of a good way of looking at it what did you learn about um being married on that first run at at that age what did I learn I um I guess I'm just curious about given that we've talked about each other's families I wonder what that was like for you in your 20s well, yeah, I really, uh, I learned that, uh, I loved it deeply. Like I loved 
loved being married. But again, maybe because of my dad or something, I don't know what, I don't want to blame everything on that. I was, what ruined it, to be very honest, was I couldn't, if, if we were separated for too long, I just would start looking for a partner, mm. like emotionally. So I basically cheated a lot, me, because I was, that was my problem. <laughs> and so I think I learned that uh, I had that problem. <laughs> but uh, that was something I've applied a lot of therapy and other things, you know, too. But I learned that I loved being married and I hid a little bit of marriage, but I also loved it. And that I, it still didn't, marriage will bring up more problems. <laughs> but that's, if you view it as good, right? like, okay, let's stoke, let's, let's, let's See we hit can this here. beehive. Because hmm. you think, if you think you're going to escape them, and because you're married, and now, which I did get married to kind of escape, hmm. Because that's how I viewed like locking someone down was like okay now we're just you right. know Romeo now it's now it's us and it's there's us. nothing else yes but it will actually if you're ready for more you're gonna you know things will come up mm. well, sorry about the birds no it's okay <laughs> was the divorce hard yeah divorce is I have to say really I hard. I listened to um, the Howard Stern interview oh the, mine the, oh my god and I found. I, I think he's interesting, but I found your interview to be, if you listen to it now, I don't know if you have in no. a while, I found it upsetting. I found him upsetting. I found him to be, I'm just bringing this up now because right. I'm just thinking about it, but especially on this topic. He said some things, maybe it's the 2018 lens I'm looking through, but yeah. I just felt. I thought we could go in a different, I mean, no one wanted me to do that. Not no one, but like my mother or somebody, you know, he's just going to bring up stuff and sexualize you. Cause that was before Howard Stern was like in another category of, he became, he became kind of in a, a different in person. Mm. But I really felt strongly about being a young, pretty woman doing an intelligent, deep interview. Like I wanted to, uh, represent right you know but uh i think you come across that way right i think some things he yeah. says are, are yeah not. i remember certain things i was like oh, yeah that's really you just i was so impressed by how you rolled with the punches yeah in such a way yeah i remember thinking you know well this didn't entirely work but it also worked <laughs> in a way of like my goal was i did definitely had a goal like right. i want to be on a level you know, with Howard Stern, you know, I, I don't know. It's not a competition of yeah, like but what level you're on, but just, yeah, just sort of not be sexualized or whatever. Not like I'm this very, like, I mean, I don't believe in people being sexualized, but I, yeah, I wanted to represent. I think you did it. Oh, good. Um, when it comes to, I, I realize we segued out of divorce. Oh, right. I, I don't mean to <laughs> undercut that. Um, it was hard. Yeah. I mean, it brings up a specific... I guess what maybe certain things in life that only that certain thing has a, like going through certain things like it was a, it brought up a specific thing that I'd never experienced before divorce like I remember thinking that like what was it <clears throat> um now I almost can't remember uh <laughs> it, like a it was very um like I don't know I want to say maybe a certain type of pain or I don't know. There was a, 
something at the time. I remember thinking I've never experienced this set of feelings before or mm. something. But it wasn't. We were very, you know, nice people. And I said I was so fair in my divorce with him that like when Ben, my new husband, we were going to get a prenuptial and the lawyer was like, oh, I've represented your wife and I'm not, I don't know why I'm saying this, but anyway, that, and she was so fair financially that you don't need a prenup or whatever. Right. So I don't know. It was nice. I mean, it wasn't amicable. amicable. Uh, yeah, we loved each other. I mean, I'm still, it's still a painful thing because I felt so, I think at that age you love in a way that's so, I loved in a way that was so open. Mm. So to have had that and not know him really now and have lost that, it still feels, you know, it still feels painful. Yeah. Even though I'm, I'm so happily married. Right. I can't believe my luck in life. I mean, my love life has been, I mean, Anthony Kiedis was incredibly difficult, but <laughs> it, the, my love life even, I mean, that was very, that was actually good in its own way. But anyway, it's been really fortunate. Fortunate. Yeah. I mean, that's a good thing. So good. I mean, I guess, I don't know. Yeah, fortunate. I don't know if that's the right word, but it's been good. I mean, by that you mean you feel like you've stumbled, uh, you know, cross paths with people yeah. that have meant something and have been... Yeah, because like going back to my father, like I, I can't really blame him because if he could have been a better father, he would have. Do you know what I mean? Like right. even the worst shit people in the world like i hadn't thought of it like that until you just said it they just like they yes they're this or that or uh, it's just he can't he can't he couldn't and he can't even now that i know him mm. he still it's not like we met and all of a sudden it was like oh my god i'm so sorry, sorry yeah, it's let's like make not it up. like that <laughs> so i mean it's not terrible but it's not great right has and it, I've tried, I'm the one who's really tried to be super, like, making him comfortable. Mm. Like, I have not made it difficult, I don't think, at all, actually. Has it been an ongoing battle to, to reconcile that relationship? I mean, I've just, I feel like at this point I've put in a lot of effort, and, because I didn't want to, and then when we, and, they, you know, I just, I'm right now I'm just kind of, not exhausted i just sort of it's okay to be exhausted yeah, on this one i just like i don't know i've really put in a college try as they say <laughs> but he's you know he's sweet he just honestly he's just he's also he's very funny like i don't know if he means to be funny but humor is really amazing in the world yeah because he's almost it's not that he's a caricature i'm not going to minimize him but his he almost speaks in rhymes and very what? hippie-ish and he's it's like got a comedy to it the way he is so i don't know why i'm saying that but it's um i mean it, it's, i appreciate that <laughs> i don't know it's it's you bon know it bond it's bonding with me and my brother oh okay. not like what an idiot like we actually enjoy His, that part of him right it's just everything else that is painful yeah yeah i think the when i hear you talk about it because I don't know you and I don't know your situation. But I'm thinking about the stepfathers I've had and also just human beings. And in my head, I guess I'd like to believe that something that unifies people is that some there, there's some amount of empathy. And that if you came to him and was like, 
hey, it's cool. What's done is done, which I imagine that's kind I of what you've done. Yeah. Okay, because you're giving yeah. me that face. Like I've done it. I've done both actually. To to be fair, I have written him one letter that was like, yeah. Do you know what it was like? You're an blah, asshole. Blah, blah. Yeah. But I have done the thing, and I did say to him, you know, it was before Oprah. I don't know why I said that, but he was like, <laughs> yes, yes, before Oprah, like. That explained, like, meaning it was like a time, like when met, when there was no self-reflection, or I, I don't know what mm. I meant. Just like, you know, you couldn't get away with that fathering now as easily. Of like, basically, just right. like, yeah, yeah. So yeah, just. But uh, I really let him off the hook. Right. And I think he appreciated it. And I guess with people, then my approach was more just. He's in his world, just let him be in his world and be like the flavor flav, where meaning like the person who just keeps propping them up and encouraging, which I can do very well with people in general, yeah, like I can very much be um a fan of people, like not meaning famous people, but just I get f- it like you know does that leave you empty handed I mean if yeah, I mean, I guess if, if it's a one-way street, I guess. But often it's, yeah, I guess it's interesting. Because yeah. there's like holding space, which is something I've heard recently, and I think about that. That's a little different. And that feels good, I think, when you can really have the capacity to hold someone's space. Mm. But this is more like, I think I am losing a bit of my soul when I do <laughs> <laughs> now that I think about it, it doesn't feel great. <laughs> well, I'm glad you're announcing it. Yeah, uh, I really learned something. No, I mean, there's a difference with like when you have the bandwidth or whatever and you really want to encourage someone, it's coming from a pure place. That's great. Mm. Anyway, but if you're just like building up someone's insanity, <laughs> I don't know. I, anyway, that's where it gets tricky. Do you have friends that are very eccentric? <laughs> yeah, of course. They're so fun, though. They're so fun (laughs) until they just disappoint you seven times in a row. I know. Yeah, that's really what I'm trying to figure out. Those people, there's certain people that... Well, you're, and also you're friends and you've fallen in love with musicians, which I truly believe are the most um, beautiful and horrifying people. Yeah, it's funny. Is that terrible to say? No, no, I've never dated, I think... Actors to me are too triggering. Like when I've been with an actor, I feel really left out of their process. Like if they're reading a script, or because probably because I'm an actor, right? And so I just feel very left out. I don't know why, but with the musicians, I, you know, I, I don't know what it is. I guess I genuinely love music and musicians. So when they're in their studio, we have a studio, you know, for hours. I'm very respectful and happy and. But yeah, I don't, but I have dated, well, Anthony Kiedis was a whole other level of, at the time he was, you know, a bad drug addict, but, um, but Adam Horvitz was great. I don't know. And then my husband now is like, I don't know. He's so, um, he's almost, I don't know. He's not like totally out there or whatever. What do you mean? Like horrible? Just don't want to give my stuff. Yeah. I I just find um, again I don't want to generalize because that feels rude, but there is, it seems to be one of the only art forms where, it gives the person, complete and entire agency, to um, 
be flaky. Right. And right. and to be like kind of not inconsiderate. Well, my my husband is like the opposite. One of the reasons why I liked him was he's like crazy organized and mm. like did you put that in the calendar? We have like a joint calendar in our phones and he's like, remember you have a podcast today. Like he's, but not in a controlling mean <laughs> did way. Did you guys wake up today and he said, remember you have a yeah, podcast? Yeah, he did. But, um, he is so together. He's like Mr. Mom with our kid. We have a kid. I have a daughter with someone else and then we have our daughter. And mm. so he's just a freak of nature as musicians go. Yeah. But yeah, my father is personally, yeah, he's like a poet, but pers- interpersonal relationships. Yeah. What you're talking about is my is more my father's category. And then I guess like I a lot of my friends are children of, not a lot, a couple. And knowing their fathers, it's similar. Like they get to do what they want mm. cuz they are Mick Fleetwood or whatever. So you <laughs> give them, you know, their their little cookie or whatever. Yeah. And it's okay because they're they're this person. Well, you know, when you've made rumors, it's sort of like, yeah. go do what you want to do. And he's actually, out of the dads I know, like, I got, I don't want to say this, but I did get, <laughs> Mick Fleet was pretty involved as a dad. Hmm. He's a character, but he was, it wasn't. Um, yeah. And like, I'm friends with Harper Simon, and I don't know actually what Paul Simon, but he seemed, Paul Simon seemed way more in the picture. Hmm. And uh, that's good to hear. And my friends, Mick Jagger's firstborn, and they're very close. I mean, it took they met when she was a little older, but he really tried was his involved best. and yeah. for consistently for years. He's consistently involved. Mm. So um, on this, you were in a film with Madonna. And if I don't bring yeah, her up, yeah, yeah. my mom will be ah. so upset. <laughs> um, that was so fun. I um yeah, I hung out with her. I had a couple of great moments. Um, one, one, we were lying on a bed and, while we were shooting, and I felt very, um, I have this very maternal side, and she, knowing that her mother died when she was young, mm-hmm. and she was seemingly vulnerable, and we were just sort of, sorry, my bird is driving me insane. I, I'm barely hearing it. Okay, it drives me, sorry. I love my birds, by the way, but she was lying on a bed, Madonna, and she was just it was like an intimate moment where we were just sort of I just felt this like closeness we were chatting you know nothing romantic Mm -hmm. just it was really nice and then um what else she I don't know she was just so funny she she said so many funny things and I really really loved oh yeah like oh I don't even know I can't even remember them now, but just funny moments. Um, I have only a handful, but it was great. She seemed to have an aura about her, some, some strange quality. Yeah, she, um, yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, and fun, just smart, funny, quick, mm. but a little bit of like a mean girl persona, a little <laughs> bit. Like she and another actress were sort of like kind of being a little like, I don't like meanness at all. Right. Although it can be funny. I mean, they weren't like really mean, but there was a couple of... Well, it's funny how pettiness can be really enjoyable and and silly. Right. But you also, you know, in your heart feel not great about it. Yeah. Like they didn't, you know, she and this other person didn't really realize some of these other actors... 
yeah, they just, I don't know. It was, it was good, but obviously she has that side to her. Yeah. I mean, mean girl's the wrong term, but uh, I really, I really, you know, I really liked her to be honest. Mm. Yeah. I don't know if that's a good enough story. That's a good enough story. No, it's fun. <laughs> it I, was fun. I went to her house. She had a Christmas party. She liked my pink stockings. She was interested. It was, it's nice. To, it's validating, actually, when someone's sort of interested in you a little bit. Hmm. Is it strange reflecting on all this? Right now? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I guess so. Like, life is strange in general, but yeah, I guess. Because yeah. we've, we've really gone down... Of memory lane. Yeah. Yeah, I thought we were going to talk about camping. Well, I haven't seen it yet. Oh, right. It's not even out, but we can, we'll hit that at the end. Okay. Um, I have a question about, you know, there's been a lot of talk about uh, actresses and, you know, the long or sometimes short spans of their career. Mm-hmm. And I have to imagine it hasn't been entirely easy to keep working yeah um as time has gone on yeah i mean i have i think my life was so full and fun like starting with well just all the acting and then getting married and being with the beastie boys and on tour and so many amazing bands that they toured with and we had such a good time and then i had a lot of personal stuff i was working on like i'm very analytical i'm very so i think I didn't really, I felt very embarrassed at certain points, running into certain actors that did better eventually than I did. And I sort of had this feeling that people would look at me and think, what happened to her? Mm. So I had a little bit of embarrassment, but I also had such a full, good life that I didn't really feel like, oh, I'm not getting jobs as I get older. I mean, I don't want to just play moms only unless they're really well written, but I think... I was just so happy to like have my first kid and then have been married. And I I was just, I was really having a full life. So I didn't Mm. feel like too bitter, but a little bitter. You felt a little bitter. A little bitter. But I also put a lot of pressure on myself. And it's my, the reason why I'm not getting jobs is because of me. Well, I also, based on what you've said, it sounds like you made a choice. You made a choice to like live a, a, a more full life than probably some of your contemporaries did it was just my yeah it was just the way it happened and i so i blamed myself a lot i never didn't have an agent i never didn't audition like i never gave up my career i never thought i just want to do painting or i always was trying to be an actor but i did have a full life going so i also Maybe had I just been like only an actor, I would have walked. I think I confused people because if I walked in, people can tell, you know, you've got other, you know, I think a lot of people would say like, well, I don't know. Does she really want to do this or did you quit or. Right. And it wasn't that I never quit. So when did people think you had quit? Well, it was more like. Oh, you had kids, so you gave... I don't know. It was more... I had some feedback from certain meetings or auditions. Like, does she want to do this anymore? Like, I think they could feel that I wasn't, like, on fire, except for certain roles, you know? So that's also another thing is you learn, like, should I really go in and try to get a job that I don't really want? Right. Um, anyway, but as you get older, you figure it out. But, uh, yeah, and uh, being an actress getting older, I think... 
you know, you just don't, for me, I just don't want to not be able to play. Like, it's fun to play a love, love scenes. Like, you know, and, you know, so anyway, I don't, I don't, I have a pretty good attitude is what I'm saying. Like, I'm not like, everyone's taking my jobs that are young. It's like, I don't know. I, I think there's a lot, actually, I think there's a lot of roles for older women. Hmm. Like, I see them all the time. So I don't know if I'm just, that's what I see, because that's what I watch. But, mm. I mean, I see a lot of people my age or a little younger or older having amazing roles. Yeah. So. Have you um, made peace with how this system that is Hollywood works? I mean, I, I haven't been burned you know like i think like really? i was friendly with well, i don't think so. That's so i think that's hard for people i feel like that happens to everyone at least once i mean i've been cut out of things but i've i've been treated badly here and there i guess and i'm maybe like i mean i want to be i think women should for sure be paid as much you know that i believe in 100 percent and like for, I feel strongly about women directing more, but again, I put the pressure on, on us, like as women to, you know, I think they're, you know, the DPs and the directors, like, I feel like there should be like women, you know, it's getting better and better, but there's always a lot of actresses, but like I was chatting for a while with David Fincher, who I, I did a m movie with him and he's so interesting. He's knows, he's been a whole other path, obviously with the system. And I think I chose not to pay attention, but he his take is very interesting and very, you know, he could he could write books about the system. I guess I don't really. I've sort of stayed out of it a little bit. What is his? <laughs> I don't even. I mean, he's yeah. I, I I mean, he's wary, weary, wary, wary. I mean, but two. he's also yeah. I I don't know. I guess uh, I don't know if I could explain it properly but he's obviously someone who's done super well but he's had so many experiences i don't know he'd have to talk to him no i don't <laughs> i don't know i mean for me i've i've chosen to be a little like la 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 like yeah but uh i um yeah la so, la 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 like it's sort of you know meaning like i haven't paid that much attention i'm paying more attention these days mm. I mean, I see, also, I guess if you're a director or a producer, you're coming at it in a different situation where you have to really, yeah, I guess that's why independent movies feel so different. And if you have, you know, the power to make the decisions, people like that. Mm. I don't know. But I think if you're working, I, don't know, I haven't, I haven't had horrible experiences. That's a good thing. Yeah. What's something you know now? about being an actress or just being a person that you wish you knew when you were younger? I mean, as an actor, I guess I feel like, you know, just I, it really is clicking how to just truly play and go for it more. I used to be too concerned with being cool and this and that. So as an actor, I just like that. That I really... Like, you're not going to lose... No one's going to hurt you if you go for it. Where I think I used to feel <clears throat> I didn't want to give too much sometimes. But uh you didn't want to give because you thought you didn't have more to give? No, I just felt like it was vulnerable and it was 
that sort of felt too vulnerable mm. with the wrong, but it might've been the jobs where I didn't feel safe. So now just as I say, I've never been burned. I mean, I do feel like there's certain atmospheres that you don't feel not that, not like, well, if I respected the people and they were nice enough people, I would go for it. But if I didn't respect the art or the film, mm. I feel a little bit like phoning it in. Right. And now I think I know more try to try to find jobs that you don't need to phone it in. And even if you get them, don't phone it in. Even if you've made that choice, you still go for it. But I think now I am starting to, t t t you know, go for it more when I feel like I'm with people I want to be with. Yeah. What, you know, and as a person, I mean, um, I think, think lately, yeah, if I feel like the best things are going to happen and like, I guess it's like a positive mindset thing, but that seems to be good. It seems to work when I am like stressed about stuff. And then I just think maybe this is going to be okay. Whether it's just like doing something with my teenager, like out, side land festival where I was super stressed about going but I just sort of like maybe <laughs> maybe the best thing will happen and then it's not necessarily like you win the lottery and when you're in San Francisco but it just like even you know it just you had a pleasant time yeah it softens the edges that's uh I don't know and uh yeah I guess it's like fun getting older because uh you get I get I'm less rigid about like this is what I'm this is the right way to do this or mm. that's the right way. now I'm sort of I don't know opening up are you more secure now yeah I'm way more I'm so much more secure like I, I don't know if it's from getting older or all the work I've done on myself <laughs> or the combination but way more secure like vastly more secure mm. That's been really good and way happier as I get older. Way happier than you were. My 20. I mean, I did have a blissful time, like at certain points being married, my first marriage and certain times as a kid. But for sure, the last few years, I'm starting to get happy. Mm. What do you want to do next? What's, I, or rather not next, but more, maybe more philosophical. You know, what do you think will make you happy moving forward? I think doing more like this show camping was so incredible. I would love to keep acting and I'd love to, you know, if it's in the cards, like I love acting, directing, writing, you know, developing. I mean, love, it's, it's complicated, but you know, I want to do it with, you know, great people and just like play with people. Like, just like it's felt like, when you're having a good time doing this like TV show or movie, it's like you're playing. It's like when you're a kid playing and you lose track of time, like when it's good, that's how good it is to create with people. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that I love. And also I want to be more like realistic and grown up about like what it takes to get things done, but not in a like strict way. I want to just sort of get it, you know? Um, <laughs> what does that mean? I don't know. Just like, uh, also take joy and just like, you know, ha have and uh, being kind of responsible and not responsible. That's the wrong word. Working hard, I guess, you know, the hard part, too, not just like live for the play part, but just also the part where you have to navigate relationships and just getting over yourself and 
all of those things. It actually can be kind of fun if you're like on board with it. Yeah. You just have to be on board with it. Yeah. Like, you know, have that bird's eye view also. Like there's a lot, there can be a lot of drama and situations in work and stuff, of course. But you can have a kind of like, you know, kind of way of approaching it that's more, you know what I mean. I do. <laughs> I don't even remember what your question was. Um, oh, yeah. And I want, yeah. So doing this fun job I just did, I thought maybe my home life won't seem as fun, but it is just as fun. And so that's good because I get af- afraid that I'll only want to work and not parent. Mm. But I actually love parenting still. I'm sure you're a good parent. I'm really good, but it's so hard. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> you can think, imagine. You're thinking about it now. Yeah. I think we covered everything. Excellent. Aoni Sky, thank you so much for coming on. Really good to talk to you. Did we cover, did we miss anything? Mm, I mean, we could probably talk forever, but no. Let's say no, we didn't. Okay. Well, we'll do a part two down the line. Oh, good. All right. Thank okay. you. So long. Bye. Special thanks this week to Ioni for letting me come over and record this very special episode of the show. If you'd like to learn more about her, you can do so on our show notes at www.talkeasypod.com. Movie-wise, TV-wise, you can catch Ioni in the latest show from the folks who made Girls, Lena Dunham, and Jenny Connor. It's called Camping. It premieres on HBO October 14th. If you like today's episode of the show, you will probably like other episodes we have done this year with folks like Jerrica Hinton, Sheila Van, Rob Reiner, Alan Alda, Alia Shawkat, John Cho. There are so many more. My dad came on. Uh, you can find all those on our website or on iTunes, SoundCloud, wherever you get your podcasts. We are probably there. As always, the podcast is executive produced by David Chen, graphics by Ian Jones, illustrations by Krishna Senoy. Our associate producer is Elliot Weintraub, and the show is produced by Dylan Peck. I'm Sam Fragoso. Thank you for listening to Talk Easy. I'll see you next week. The tradition of breaking tradition continues with the return of the unconventional awards from T-Mobile for Business at Mobile World Congress. This is an event that celebrates innovators whose bold actions took their industries to new places. If that sounds like you and you're a T-Mobile for Business customer, enter today. If you win, you'll be publicly honored amongst some of the most influential leaders in industry. And me, I'll be there too. Enter now at T-Mobile.com slash unconventional awards. See you there.
Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. Relax and unwind tonight with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as another busy work week flies by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. 